0: Coming up on this episode of the Money Pants Superpower Hour, you've probably witnessed a child or maybe a teen say or do something rude and inappropriate, and then seen a fellow adult laugh and shrug it off while saying, oh, it's okay, (laughs) they're just kids, let them be kids. Now, is that really a valid excuse? And if so, at exactly what point does that excuse not fly anymore? Today, we're gonna try and convince you to reject this line of reasoning. In the end, we'll share some of the best resources and tips we know of for teaching kids excellent manners that you can then incorporate into your Money Pants goals. All this and more, but first, the joke of the day.
1: Society is so unfair. You donate a kidney and you're a hero, but when you donate five, you get arrested. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Money Pants Superpower Hour. We are your hosts, Hannah Fontaine Judd, and we're the proud parents of eight sons and seven daughters, ranging in age from toddler to college student. We are both BYU graduates and the creators of Money Pants. Head on over to CaptainMoneyPants.com to learn more about what we do and what we're all about. We believe every person on this planet has been given at least one superpower to help them accomplish their unique mission in life, but... The only way to unlock those superpowers is through work ethic. That's when greatness happens. And that's where Money Pants comes in. Money Pants is the complete tool set for cultivating work ethic in all aspects of a person's life. And today's topic is kind of about training your kids while they're young and impressionable. But, well, you know, (coughs) let me back up. Hannah, you had an experience. I have a pet peeve. (laughs) Okay.
0: Actually, I have a pet peeve to share with you guys. I wanted to teach my kids better manners. I'm like, you know what? I don't feel like my manners are up to par. I'd like to become more refined. I'd like to be more socially confident. And so I wanted... I actually wanted to learn better manners, and I wanted to be able to teach my kids better manners, but you can't teach what you don't know. So I'm like, okay, we're going to focus on learning good manners. And of course, I started by getting onto YouTube. I thought, surely there are free videos and stuff that are for aimed at teaching kids manners, and to my dismay, we began flipping through different YouTube like cartoons and stuff made for kids uh, to teach them good manners, and I noticed a trend, and the trend was if you want to teach kids good manners. You show all the things you're not supposed to do, and then at the end, quickly correct and say, yeah, those aren't good things to do. You should have good manners. <laughs> and and if you show something like that, first for me, I'm like, yeah, but I want to see what the good manners are. Wait, wait,
1: wait. They never showed like what to no, do? No,
0: they didn't ever even bother to do that. They're just like, yeah, don't do those things.
1: Wait, So you're watching these manners videos. <laughs> And they're saying what not to. They're showing what not to they're do.
0: Demonstrating to to a, a very specific degree, like. But they um, never
1: show what to do. Yes. What? Yes. <laughs> that doesn't make any. Why would you do that?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And all the focus and all the demonstrating and all the time was spent on showing uh, disgusting manners or obnoxious behavior. We already know
1: what those are. And
0: so wh- I'm like. What happened is after I showed the kids these videos, they started doing all of the obnoxious things we had just watched in these videos. And so I wasn't interested in doing that. But I found that that's kind of the go-to for a lot of books about manners and uh, and videos is it's more entertaining for the kids to watch (laughs) what not to do. do. And so they're like, oh, well, the, the kids will love this. They'll think it's funny. And. And that they spend the whole time on that instead of demonstrating the good thing. And it doesn't actually help, help you, the parent, out. It actually uh, backfires. Yeah, because, because, so, because
1: kids are vi- they're very much visual. They, they monkey see, monkey do. Yet people in general are that way. But kids are ex- especially impressionable because yeah. they see something like, oh, I'll try that.
0: Because that's how they are. Yeah, and so it just gave them more bad ideas. So recently somebody gave me a whole bunch of books. Their kids are older. They gave me all their old books. And within those books, there was a book on manners. And one of my kids was helping me sort through books that we were going to keep and get rid of. And they said, this is a terrible book. And I said, oh, a manners book. So I started- Who who
1: said it was a terrible book?
0: Sassy. Oh. (laughs) Sassy told me, this is a terrible book. And I'm like- Oh, terrible! Like, and I was curious, so I picked it up, and sure enough, it was the same old, same old. Um the book showed kids uh, fighting over toys, snatching things from each other, uh, kind of getting a little violent, answering the phone saying "What do you want?", yelling at people, "Hurry up! Your turn's over!" and and then I, I it got a little more upsetting you know the book kept saying oh you know someday we're going to have good manners but this is what we're doing right now yeah someday we're going to have good manners and we're going to have great manners but right now uh this kid was getting a present from his grandmother um and he had just opened a present and he has his tongue stuck out at his grandmother and he's complaining this hat is for babies and on the next page, another girl's getting a present, and she complains, "This toy is really small." And um, instead of saying thank you, and and so the book goes on. And towards the end, I'm getting towards the end of the book. There's an overweight fellow sitting on a, a bench, and the kid passes and points, "That guy's really." <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and and, and uh, you know, it had them at the dinner table instead of saying thank you for the food, saying Wait, yeah. did, the kid,
1: did the kid say that guy's really fat? Oh, uh, just say, it
0: was implied that that was what would come oh, next. Okay, so and of course, if if you read that or a little kid read that, they'd guess fill, that, in, the that they'd fill okay, in the blank. They'd fill in the blank. And you know, they were getting served food. Uh, Yuck! You're serving this again. I you know I don't like this. So I'm at the end of the book and I'm like, oh, it's another one of these where they demonstrated bad behavior during the whole thing and under the premise of, hey, someday we're going to have good manners. And so I, I figured, I predicted that the last page would, of course, be, but we can start working on our manners now. Mm-hmm. You know, we can start learning this now, though, and, and and do our best right now to learn these things. With no help um, from the book, though. <laughs> but no help from the book, which is frustrating. Well, no, but- like all the
1: videos where they demonstrate the wrong thing, but <clears> at <throat> the end, they'd be like, but you should have good manners. You shouldn't do what we've just demonstrated.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. you should actually start okay. trying to do the right thing. You can start now. Um you don't need to wait until you're older. Well, to my surprise, though, I got to the end of the book, flipped to the last page, and they're like, it was like, oh, okay, someday we're gonna have really good manners. And then the punchline was, but for now, we're just kids. What? So it's okay. what yeah
1: it said it was okay
0: well i didn't say it was okay but but it was that's that was the gist was it's okay we don't need to worry about it it was what but for right now we're just kids
1: oh my goodness that's
0: and after this okay sassy was right that's a horrible book this horrible behavior so i took the book i'm like okay we're not donating this book i ripped it and threw it in the trash i'm like i don't want anybody else to read this book and then i was like oh then Actually, I should talk about that on a podcast. So I fished it out of the garbage and pieced it back together.
1: No, no, but, but basically, it was saying it's it's okay to be uh, 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 all these horrible things. Um, what would you say? Violent and rude and obnoxious and 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 mean and self considerate, and, and all that. It's okay as demanding. long as as long as you're a kid.
0: It's it's okay
1: as long as you're a kid. It's okay to do those things. Yeah. That's really messed up. Hein? Yeah, a, the, a, you don't
0: need to worry. Basically, the message was, you don't need to worry about this right
1: now. Was this written for kids or for parents?
0: Um, I don't know. Maybe it was a therapy piece for a, a parent or a grandparent of, hey, I, I, I don't need to worry about it.
1: Okay. Well, um, having said that, okay, so that
0: that's... But, but it begs some questions. It begs some questions. Um, and one of the questions is, okay, so someday we'll have good manners. So it... it the idea is, hey, kids.
1: Well, well, okay. So let's break this down. We're, we're going to talk about this, and we want to kind of break it down into first of all, where do you draw the line? Like, what, where, wh- when is it okay? And, and like, is there is it is there a line? Like, when is it okay to just be a kid versus when are you supposed to be responsible? Where's that line? Does it exist? And if so, where is it? But then we want to talk about this, you know this new trend of letting kids just be kids, you know, and there, there's, it's an interesting mentality. Um, and, and maybe why it's appealing and some of the underlying mm, misconceptions or lies that, that underlie that, that whole concept and the reality of, of allowing this mentality to go to roam free. And then a couple of examples that we've actually had, I want we, we want to talk about a couple of examples of, of things that we've learned from other other parents who are like, oh, wow, okay, where we saw firsthand how it should be done and things that we've adopted in our own family. And then uh, kind of what the, the long-term ramifications are of A, letting your kids just kind of run wild and do whatever they want and then, and hope that they magically become adults someday and someday actually have good manners versus actually training them not to uh, run wild and training them to actually have good manners and practice uh, etiquette right right here and now. So that's kind of the and then we, we, I think we'll wrap it up with a couple of solutions. Uh, things that we found that are really helpful and resources that, that we've discovered. So that was kind of the, be the, the format of, of this podcast. let's let's break it down. Let's go, Hannah. Um, where Where do you draw the line? Where you've got these kids? And kids are kids, they're going to be, they're gonna you know, spit their food out or, or throw food at the table, or or point at somebody and say, oh, they're ugly, or, you know, that, that's how kids are. And so where, where do you draw the line? You know, this book was saying, oh, someday. Well, when is that day? Does it magically happen when they turn 18? Or maybe it's not until they move out of the house? Or is it when they get married? Or when they have kids of their own? Like, when does that happen, Hannah?
0: It doesn't happen. That's the lie, is it doesn't just happen.
1: Wait, so they don't suddenly just one day wake up and have good manners?
0: No. It's like, okay, 17, they've been rude, inconsiderate for 17 years of their life. And on their 18th birthday, they wake up and say, hello, Mother dearest. May I help you? I'm going with- to
1: clean my room right now. After I'm done, I'd like to vacuum.
0: Uh, Thank
1: you for providing such a lovely home. And teaching me such great things, all of my child, like
0: <laughs> well, I, I mean, like when I read the book, uh, my uh, this manners book or anti manners book, I guess my first thought was, hey, if the kid has the verbal skills to say, hey, Grandma, this hat is for babies, he also has the verbal skills to say, thank you for this present, Grandma. <laughs> so, so if if he's capable of saying something rude. He's also capable of saying something
1: absolutely, and we'll, we'll cover that in a minute. But yeah, the truth is, Hannah, there is no line. It doesn't magically happen. Where the truth is, uh, learning manners is a process that has to has to start now. Developing good habits starts today. It starts as soon as a kid is capable of understanding what a manner is. It's time to start teaching them.
0: Well, I, like, I have twin babies right now. They're, you know, they're not even a year old and, you know, they'll, they'll grab something from each other. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, and, 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 you know, you just have to already though you're, you're teaching, Uh oh, don't grab your sister's hair. We have a a
1: just now three-year-old, but he was two years old and he would smack people and we were like, oh, you know what? Let's nip that one in the bud and just kindly take his hand. And gently pet the other person to show them ah, soft.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're he not was, we're not punishing. Yeah, he was one we're year. Just, yeah, he was even younger than yeah, that. But he we just, were we've been
1: demonstrating proper. the the proper thing to do
0: you don't hurt other
1: people but instead of saying no what we do is we take his hand and we we have him show the other person soft
0: well and And when we talked about uh, um, in an earlier podcast we talked about the animal trainer brandon mcmullen right and how when he would work with puppies Mm -hmm. you know and puppies don't have the brain development of of children your children are a lot smarter than a puppy and have much more advanced brain capacity than a puppy. And for a little puppy, you can teach a, a little puppy. He would give him a quick, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, and then redirect them to redirect. what they should be doing.
1: Redirect, yep. And,
0: and doing that redirecting was... was Love
1: that concept.
0: W- w- it worked for an animal that that doesn't have the brain power of a human being.
1: Oh, and we've actually heard that from, from parents. who are like, well, w- w- when can you start this? Well, let me put it this way. They do this with rats. (laughs) So (laughs) just to kind of put it in perspective. So when is it time? When is it time to start teaching manners? When is it time to start teaching etiquette? When is it time to start developing good habits? Now. The time is now. And the truth is, Hannah, it's a process that has to start now. The truth is it never happens if it's never taught. It will never happen if it's never practiced. The truth is it never just happens. It's not a thing that happens. It's something that you do. It's like asking, oh, man, my room is so messy. When is it going to get clean? Or, "Or man, I'm so hungry. When is dinner going to get made? Or, hmm, boy, I just don't understand this math. When am I going to understand algebra? Well, it's never going to happen unless you do something. Like this mentality, is it's an unrealistic, unrealistic expectation that it will magically happen on its own. And it doesn't. Manners, etiquette, and good habits don't just happen. There, it's something that you do, and it it's something you do from a very early age, and it's it's neat too because it requires energy and effort, and it's incredibly satisfying for the people who are doing it. But I guess we'll talk about that in a second. Um, so
0: well, one of the things I noticed about the book is this idea of oh, let kids be kids." You know, <laughs> yeah, you so shouldn't, you on. shouldn't yeah, have yeah. you shouldn't have this high expectation of them yeah, you know what, you shouldn't expect your kids to already, you know, be acting like Prince William. You know, they're not at that, at that level yet. But that doesn't mean you don't start correcting them and redirecting them to the good manners. And in the book, that was, because, because they were kids and making these mistakes, that doesn't mean that you don't correct it and start teaching them now that's what you do as a parent is you teach and nurture Mm
1: -hmm. and um Mm -hmm. that's
0: not a bad thing it helps your kids have um it it, it, it's it's going to be beneficial to your child and we're going to talk about that here very soon so
1: but but, let's just to clarify when do you draw the line now you draw the line now
0: yeah start doing it now so
1: now so having said that let's talk about you know this new trend let kids be kids well uh should, the, the new trend, Hannah, and we've we've gotten a lot of pushback. Is uh, you sh- we shouldn't be giving kids chores, and kids kids should be free to do whatever they want. I've heard this, I've read this. People have addressed me directly, saying, "How dare you even suggest giving kids chores? You're horrible. You're awful. Everything oh, about you yeah. is well, wrong." Well,
0: even some there's a school down the street from us that has <laughs> has adopted that mentality where they're like. They they shouldn't, you shouldn't be having kids learn how to read. And they don't even teach the kids how to read. They don't have any books.
1: What do they they
0: do? I'm not really sure. Uh, They don't have textbooks. They don't teach them to read. They don't. And it's just, no, just just let them be kids. And I've known some of the kids that have gone to this school. And when they're put into like a normal school, they can't handle it. Yeah. They're like so like
1: overwhelmed. Well, it's and because the normal schools are so overdoing it and they make too many demands and they're not letting kids be kids. Well, here, let's put it this way. Would that work for your garden, Hannah? Just let it grow. Let it do its thing. And then when it's when it's old, when, when the summer's over, then you can uh, get your beautiful harvest. Well, how would that work out?
0: Yeah. Oh, it's exactly. That's actually a very good analogy. Where, it would, where it's it, like
1: it wouldn't work out at all. Your your garden would be overrun with weeds. Every all the good plants would be choked out by these noxious weeds, and you'd have nothing to show for it, other than oh, I just wasted all those seeds because, you know. To, I, just I, I, I
0: just let all these weeds like overtake my garden. overtake it. Yeah, and and so the best that, is to pick those weeds out when they're little, when they're
1: tiny, <laughs> and easy. And then and then that leaves more energy, and, and and the soil content is better to 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 act. It's not being wasted on growing weeds. It's being used to grow tomatoes and pumpkins yeah. and 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 there's all sorts of ways and corn and yeah. So th- this mentality of oh, just let kids go. That's nonsense. That's absolute nonsense. The kids need. Nurturing and and direction as much as anybody else, does, any adult does. So this this new trend of let kids be kids, it is fundamentally flawed because you know the, the idea is well they shouldn't be forced. To clean their rooms, or to help out around the house, or to have responsibilities. This year's enjoy yeah, childhood. They're
0: gonna because they're gonna have to do this for the rest of their life. What? And a... They're gonna have to work and have responsibility for the rest of their life. Let them enjoy their childhood. Let them enjoy the moment of being a child and not having all that pressure yeah. and responsibility. That, that sounds really good, Hannah. Does well. That's the that's the argument, and it sounds good. It sounds appealing, but there are a lot of lives In there, okay. And the first, the first lie is that work and responsibility is not enjoyable. Hmm. Now, if you go overboard, you know what? It's that that would be a problem. But the truth is, when you work and you take on responsibility and you progress, you become very satisfied with your life and it adds balance to your life, and it's actually very enjoyable. You feel, and it boosts your confidence.
1: We actually talk about that's what mature, the definition of maturity, Hannah, is taking on age-appropriate responsibility. Yeah,
0: the more responsibility a a person has, the more mature they become. That's what. Maturity is is accepting and embracing responsibility. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But, but the
1: the underlying mentality though is oh, letting Work. kids be kids. Work is bad. Responsibility, responsibility is bad. bad. Man- and somehow manners are bad. Learning is bad. And training is bad. Like all the all these things are bad. And it's like, that's not, no, that's not true.
0: Yeah, that's completely backwards. These things are not bad. It's, It's completely backwards. Work
1: is good. Responsibility is good. This is how you grow, develop, and ultimately be happy.
0: Yeah, this is how you're going to have satisfaction in your life. This is how you're going to accomplish the things you envision. This is how you're going to have satisfying relationships. Because what manners are is learning to be considerate of others and treat others how you would want to yeah. be treated. And so but not, but that's not, just, not,
1: not. But not just habits. Though. <laughs> I, this also includes, uh, or not just manners, this also includes habits. Yeah. So it's not it's not just manners. It's not just etiquette. Oh yeah, it's this being applied to well.
0: everything. Yeah. This this idea of let kids be kids and d- does that really help them be happy?
1: Mm-hmm. Nope. No, it doesn't. No, it sure doesn't. So so this idea of letting kids be kids ha- has the underlying fundamental flaw that that work and and, and responsibility is bad. We totally disagree with that. But and here's the problem is is this new trend is very appealing. Two parents, and here's the problem: parents today are getting fed so many messages where mom has to be the super mom. I remember this from the '80s, where mom has to have a full-time job and have a business suit and a, and a multiple degrees and, and be the CEO of a company and come home and cook dinner and be able to have children and like
0: where the expectations on women became uh, the, so it's, unrealistic. They
1: are impossible. But then. Now, and, and so then the, 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 the uh, responsibility shifted to the dad. Well, dad better be helping out more at home. And all of a sudden now now dads and moms have all these responsibilities and expectations. That, eh, oh, oh, and a good mom and a good dad give their kids everything. And so now mom and dad both have to have full-time jobs and pull down, you know, six, seven-figure incomes to be able to give their kids everything that the kids wanted, the trips here and, and sports teams and private tutoring and all this. And it's like, oh my gosh, no wonder parents are overwhelmed because the expectations that are placed on them are ridiculously stupid. And wildly impossible. There's just there's no way these things could happen. And so what we're what we're seeing is that this new trend of let kids be kids is kind of it. It's a relief. Like oh, thank goodness. Ah, oh, as a dad or a mom, you're like man, because we're both working full time jobs to apply our kids with all the the designer clothes and send them to the best schools and all that. And I just don't have time to be teaching them manners and etiquette and good habits too. It's just too much. So let's just back off. And let them do what they want. It
0: yeah, yeah, it's ear tickling for the parents, and it's it's uh, hey, you don't have to spend, you don't need to worry about this. You don't need to spend yeah, the extra time yeah. and the extra energy teaching, nurturing this, trying to correct this. And it's a hassle, and you don't even you don't need to put that on yourself. You don't need to worry about this.
1: Just relax and do your thing, you know.
0: Yeah, and, and what a relief that is. What uh, a relief is. Yeah. Okay, yeah, they're being obnoxious, but you know what? It'll straighten out in the end. And you know what? My um, my
1: real responsibility is making sure they have designer jeans. You know, and I've done that. So, and I've supplied them with this, you know, 10,000 square foot home. And we've got a pool and we've got our vacation home. I've done my job as a parent. Oh, I'm so glad I don't have to worry about them having good manners because that that was just too much. Um <laughs> that's a flaw, that's a lie, that's a fundamental misunderstanding of the job of being a, a mom and a dad.
0: Yeah, what, what actually is important regarding your job of being parent. Now, that's not to say that um, all your kids will accept <laughs> your nurturing or teaching. That's a different matter. But not doing it, not even putting forth the effort to correct that, that actually is on you. Whether or not it's received, that's a different matter.
1: Yeah, and so, that-
0: uh, so But the reality is parents are who are adopting this, oh, they're just kids, it's actually, it's not for the benefit of the kids, it's actually for their own benefit. Yeah. It's about them and, and abdicating their responsibility. And the thing is, if they abdicate their responsibility, all it is is them sloughing it off onto society. Yeah.
1: Unfortunately, mom and dad are now sloughing their responsibility of teaching their kids good manners and good habits mom and dad are now sloughing that off to society because if they don't do it then it's left to... But they're still expecting
0: so, it to happen. Yeah. Well, what other choice is there besides, okay, well, society has to do it. But chances are, <laughs> um, if, if you rely on that, uh, you know, you, they might have a good school teacher who, who you know, really puts in the effort to teach their Or a child. scout leader
1: or a football coach or a ballet teacher. Yeah, or, yeah.
0: Who, who does put forth the effort and the energy to do that. Maybe. Maybe, Or maybe, but in all likelihood, Hannah, it will never happen. Yeah, in
1: all likelihood, it won't happen because if Mom and Dad don't do it, who who is who will?
0: Uh, And and I'll tell you who will. Social media will. Yes,
1: thank goodness for social media to teach my kids the social skills they need. That's what it's for, right?
0: Yeah, because social media teaches, uh, teaches social skills. Yeah, it teaches you to be considerate of others. Put others first. Yeah, put others first. Consider and their
1: feelings, their state, what's going on, how 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 it would affect other people. Absolutely, it does a
0: fantastic it teaches, job. It teaches that's... being courteous.
1: <laughs> it teaches good language. How to hold yourself appropriately? How to how to interact with others properly? It's that that's the thing I love about social it's media. It's really
0: the gold standard for for manners, and it I has think. been
1: it has been for many years now.
0: Instagram, <laughs> TikTok.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no, eh, wrong, not even. We all know, like, d- 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 when it comes to learning social grace. So it it really, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Fail videos. Netflix, uh, Real Housewives. Are are these like the things that you want your kids emulating? Are these the people that you want your kids learning from? I don't think so. Because, and that's the problem. If they don't learn manners from you, mom and dad, there's a high likelihood they'll never learn them, or worse, they will learn them (laughs) from TV, uh, from social media. And... uh, and for those who may say, "Oh well, you know, we've we've advanced so much since you know social media, and and that's why you know society's better now than it ever was." Really, let me let me ask you this: Would you say manners, Hannah? Would you say manners and politeness is better or worse than it was fifty years ago?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, it reminds me there there is an elderly lady, a Jehovah's Witness lady. Who would come to my door, and we became very good friends. And she she's frail and very old, and she was so sweet and had just just that graciousness. Yeah, that, uh, that really was common it, you know. in that time period. And my grandmother's uh, on, on my dad's side. She's passed away, and 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 that generation of people, a, a lot of them have passed away, and. I was talking to her one day and I just started crying like afterwards because I'm like I don't want this generation they're she's not going to live for more than a couple more years at the most and this generation of people who understood how to be gracious and and thoughtful and kind and and didn't just blurt things out that were rude or it, where they had been taught to be considerate of others by and large. I mean, of course there were exceptions, but by and large, even the maybe not so nice people in that time still had a sense of being considerate Mm -hmm. and gracious. And I'm like, when that generation dies off and that influence isn't there anymore, What's gonna happen? I'm like, I'm going to miss this so mu- so much. I I I don't even know that I'll remember it and because I grew up in the South, and in the South, manners are emphasized a lot more. You know, you have yes ma, yes ma'am, yes sir. It, it it's just manners are emphasized a little bit more. And then after I got married, I lived in L.A. for ten years. And by the end of the 10 years, I was ready to start cussing people out. I was in their face. like Because people were so antagonistic and so rude all the time and would just yell at at, at strangers and just Mm -hmm. be demanding and say such obnoxious things that if a person ever came up to me, I was braced and ready to tell them off if they said one thing like... Like, I, I, I would just go into defense mode, I, or, and it just seemed like the best way to deal with it was to be ready to fight them back. And, like, back off, lady. Back <laughs> off, buddy. You know? And so... Isn't that sad? It, it, yeah, it was sad. But later, we moved from L.A., and... I was surrounded in, by people in a community that by and large, uh, people were more patient with each other and more gracious. And, and I was stunned. I was stunned. Uh, like people didn't even, like if, if somebody's at a red light in the town that I live in now and the person in front of them doesn't go because the light turned green and I don't know, they're fiddling around on their phone or what, people here don't honk at them. They wait. It, they wait. <laughs> they don't honk at them. Well, the weird and thing is, is they too, assume y- the best, and and I, I mean, I still now I'm like my finger's starting to go up towards. But I'm like, oh, people don't do that
1: here. No, because they, they, they well no okay
0: are kind to they, each other. They wait one one
1: thousand two one thousand three, and by that time normally the person goes, oh my turn to go, and off they go. Yeah, but in people, L.A. it was.
0: It it, It was half a second. If you didn't move, and the whole line of cards would honk at you. And and I I admit that that's what I would do as well because that's what you do down there. And and I realized that I had forgotten that manners even existed. That, that that sort of society even existed because i had lived in la for so long i had forgotten that that there were places there was a polite world out there there was a pla- there were places in the world where people were can actually consider it and it just kind of blew my mind and so after i lived here for, i i just really relished not living in la <laughs> because of that but then even but then when i saw th- this elderly lady who was just Full so of gracious yeah. and so kind and so considerate. I just I was sad because I'm like I don't want that to go away. I don't want that to go away, and I'm scared that it will. Well, and we're I'm we're, scared. we're doing our part, Hannah. <laughs> I, I don't want to go back to L.A. <laughs> or worse. You know,
1: <laughs> the thing is, nobody likes it. Yeah. No, no. Deep down, you know, people may be like, oh, well, I, I I don't mind it or it doesn't bother me. But deep down, it it's not good. It's not healthy. It's it's a kind of a lousy society in which to live if you know people are always rude or obnoxious or mean or selfish. It's just not the not the society you you really deep down if you think about it you don't want to live there. You'd rather people what, what what harm would there be Hannah if people were polite, gracious, patient, uh, uh, maybe, maybe tolerant. What what harm would that cause? Really, if if you if you actually sit down and think, go hmm, do I want society like LA or do I want a polite uh, a cordial and 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 thoughtful society hmm <laughs> and all it takes is living in the thoughtful one for five minutes ago oh yeah this one's much better so but okay so having said that you know we, we talked about you know that this new trend you know of of you know let kids be kids and how it, it could be you know potentially appealing to parents where the reality is though it, if parents do adopt adopt this they're, they're basically going to be Abdicating their respons- responsibility, society, society and society is going to not do a good job replacing mom and dad teaching kids manners, or and, the
0: grandparents either, because yeah. the grandparents can have such a good
1: influence. So, but, so having said that, that we actually had a couple of ex- well, you did, Hannah. I wasn't there, but you had a couple of experiences with a couple of people who they inherently understood this and they they had they were did a good job with their kids. And the first one was. Um, uh, my
0: friend Brayelle. Right. Uh, when she and I were both young moms, I invited this particular friend over, and we our kids were just toddlers. I, they, they, I think my my oldest was two, two and a half at the most, and um, and and her kids were the same the same age. And when so she came over for two hours. Our kids played with toys on the rug, and and when it was time for her to go she, she and her, uh, she told her kids, okay, let's pick up the toys. And I was like, oh, you, you don't need to do that. You know, it, it, her, her two year old didn't need to help me pick up the toys. And she goes, oh no, he needs to do this. Um, this is, I want to teach him that this is what he should do. And, and I was like, wow, wow. And it's, a, it, and sure enough, he, he, got down, he picked up the toys and, And I had had other friends and kids over all the time, and I thought, huh, it was so nice. They left, and my house was cleaned up, and it wasn't just me cleaning it up, and I thought, that's that's different. That's crazy. like, and and I, it was always I was friends with Rael for years after that, and it was always such a pleasure having her over mm. because I wasn't left with this big mess. and her kids had this sense of responsibility and and whereas I had other kids who not only like made a big mess but it had been destructive or something like that. And you don't want to have those kids over.
1: Well, but what Hannah, what if everybody did what your friend Rael did? where every time somebody went somewhere whether it was to a party or to a restaurant or to a friend's house and after or even at the in the family you know the dining room table what if everybody just helped clean up just a little bit everybody in a community you know they go to the park and everybody just cleans up after they're done what would that be like <laughs>
0: You know what? This is actually bringing back a bad memory. So in contrast, so a- after that, I've always told my kids, "Hey, if we're at somebody's house, we need to clean up the yard, or we need to clean up where we were playing." And I tried to do that for the the rest of my life. And it it was sad when I was at some relatives' house, and I found out later they were criticizing me for making my kids clean up. And that I should have been the one cleaning up, not having, having, and I was cleaning up with my kids, but I said, Hey, you get the, you get all the garbage, you get the toys, you straighten up the chairs, you do this, you do that. All right, let's go. Let's clean up before we Mm -hmm. leave. And instead I, I was told that that was how, 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 why was I doing that? Making my kids work and, and clean up. So that's why I'm talking about where. This is a real attitude and a real thing of, of, you know, what a contrast of attitude. So my friend Raelle, I, I really admired that. I also had a friend of mine named Angie. I had her kids over and I fed them lunch and I had had other, if my kids, other friends over at different times. And I had fed other kids and her kids had impeccable ma- manners and a lot of kids, when you invite them over, they're like, I don't want this. I don't like this. Can I have something different? And her kids were like so gracious. They sat at the table so nicely. They said, thank you for the meal. <laughs> and afterwards, I asked this girl, Angie, I said, your kids have such good table manners. How did you teach them to do that? Because a lot of kids, when I have them over, they criticize what I'm giving them. And it... it, it, it it's frustrating to me. It really it really irritates me. Yeah. And, But I, I don't know, like, I don't want my kids to be like that. And she said, oh, in our family, we have a rule. You say, thank you for the lovely meal. And you don't criticize or you'll be excused from the table. And she said, because... You don't have to like the food in order to say thank you. The person shopped, they did the the preparation, they did all this work, um, you know, the money that the food cost and everything, and they're sharing it with you, you don't have to like it in order to say thank you. And I was like, that's amazing. And so we adopted that. Um, And I'm sure there are other great manners and techniques that like I'm not aware of that, you know, um, but but that really left an impression on me. And I noticed Raelle and Angie, their kids were so well mannered and they had taken the time to teach their kids these things. Well, I noticed as I had my kids invite other friends over that I started realizing the kids that were rude and obnoxious, I didn't want to have them over again. And here's why I don't want my kids acting like them.
1: Yeah, because the kids will mimic what their friends do.
0: Yeah. I wanted them to act like the kids who who are respectful oh. and 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 considerate because that's how I wanted them to learn to to act. And if I could encourage those friendships, you know, I can't help what they do at school, but if I can help them in- encourage friendships that are positive, I wanted to do that. And so, but I realized that yeah, the kids copy what their friends do. And so if you don't correct your three-year-old, your four-year-old, your five-year-old, kids copy what their friends do. What is the saying? Show me your friends, I show you your future. Yeah. You start acting and adopting the mannerisms. I mean, I a lot of my kids will even... Uh, you know, start walking like their friends. If they, they have a buck tooth friend, they'll start sticking their teeth out, you know? like They'll the, just no, do the, everything. No, they will. They'll
1: adopt the same facial expressions, um, the, the, the same mannerisms. Yeah, we had yeah. A, we had a daughter who was surrounded with, with Her um, friends Latino friends. Her friends were Mexican, friends. yeah, Mexican, and she- and She, she d- developed a- it's very strong Mexican accent. No, I don't want to.
0: Yeah, she, because those were her friends. And so she wanted to talk like like them. She wanted to do what they were doing. We,
1: we, had, we sent one of my children to public school, uh, one that we hadn't gone to before. And this son came home a couple weeks later using his middle finger inappropriately. And we're like, oh, wow. Apparently, that's something he had picked up from the kids at school. He didn't know what it meant. He just started, you know, using that middle finger the way that he had seen his friends do it. And you, you can't help it. You just you show me your friends, I'll show you your future, where the these kids that were, you know, our kids were around, they they just would mimic what their friends were doing.
0: Yeah, and so if you have rude kids and you send them over to a friend's house and let's say the friend is a good good friend and the parents have taught them manners, guess who's not going to get invited over again? Um, your kids, because those parents don't want you want your kid influencing their kid.
1: Oh, no. We had one of our kids invited a girl over to our house, and the girl immediately broke the family rules. She went into the boys' room. Girls aren't allowed in the boys' room. This girl went to the boys' room. And we're like, hey, you know what? Um, come on out. I, I figured she didn't know. And instead she goes, no, I don't have to. Um, excuse me? She's like, yeah, I don't, I don't have to do what you, what you say. I'm like, <laughs> well, this visit's over and she was not invited back again because there's no way I'm going to encourage or allow that behavior in my home. Like somehow she's like, well, I don't have to do what you say because you're not my dad. I'm like anyway, the, the point is, is that kids who have bad manners they are going to be around kids who also have bad manners and it becomes this downward spiral of they're going to surround themselves with other people with bad manners and they're going to continue to have bad manners and learn additional bad manners and it's this miserable downward spiral whereas the opposite is also true if you if you insist on teaching your kids good manners and have kids over who have good manners it becomes this upward spiral of they encourage each other to and reinforce each other's good manners and it's very it's amazing how it works and so you want to start now you want to start that when your kids are young. That process,
0: that process of, of friendship development and all that, that starts in kindergarten and first grade, and so that means you had to have started teaching your kids those manners before then.
1: Well, okay. So you brought up uh, uh, Prince uh, you, uh, Prince William, or whatever it is, in the beginning, where you. But, but it's true. You know, you watch these romance movies, especially the Disney ones, where you know Prince Charming. He is very refined, holds himself properly, deals with problems appropriately, doesn't just use bad language, is considerate and and thoughtful, and uh, you know where. And the guy who gets the girl is the one who's kind, considerate, great manners, good etiquette, treats the lady like a princess, because that's who the princess is attracted to. Is someone who is used to dealing with princesses, and it's this. That's that's what you want if you want your children to. Date scumbags, then surround them with scumbags because that'll be their comfort zone. But if you want them to date and act like princes and princesses, then have them practice those behaviors because then they'll be that'll be their comfort zone and that's who they'll be attracted to.
0: Well, it's it's funny uh, in high school you vote for the senior notables, and I, I always thought it was funny because uh, our senior notable was a boy named Eric Johnson, and he was voted most handsome. And he was the most handsome. He was awesome. He was just the most handsome. But I, sh- I opened my yearbook later and told the kids, oh, yeah, yeah, this is Eric Johnson. He was, uh, you know, and they're looking at him most handsome. And I realized, uh, being detached from the situation, he actually wasn't the most handsome kid at the school. Physically. There were physically other boys that were more handsome. But it was how he carried himself and how he treated other people, how he acted that, that made the difference mm-hmm. in how we perceived him. And so it's, it's very powerful in, in how you're treated socially and, and in the relationships that you're able to develop.
1: Along those lines, you know, uh, Hannah, you had those friends who had taught their kids early you know, how to have good manners and how to, to clean up after themselves. You also had a friend who didn't.
0: Yes, and this okay. <laughs> this friend, he uh, he had his first child and when he was, their their baby was like a, to- a toddler, started saying and doing really obnoxious things, but it was hilarious because the baby was two years old. But That's funny. Um, and so he would laugh. He'd take videos of it and, and whatnot, but rapidly became not funny well, by the, and and by the time they realized it wasn't funny it was out of control and and he realized it had been a huge mistake you know, giving all that attention and like brushing it off he's like i should have stopped that like right away and he didn't and he he did get it corrected but Eventually. it took a lot more effort. So uh, later when he had other children, he didn't make that mistake again. He like, made sure to correct inappropriate behavior very quickly uh, because that's, that's so much easier to do it that way, um, to correct it quickly.
1: Well, uh, well and so that, and, But that leads into uh, our next section, which is you, know, you want to start developing these habits early what's wrong? And 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 I want to answer the question, well, what's wrong with waiting? So I think the easiest way to explain it is, well, uh, we, we already use the garden example. You want to, you want to pluck the weeds when they're tiny and, and young rather than waiting until they've over, overtaken your garden, because then they're, they're huge and you try to pull them out and you end up pulling out your, your other plants with the roots because the root systems are so robust and, and you end up ruining your garden, trying to do it later. Well, likewise, you know, that there was an, uh, a guy who gave a, gave a speech years ago where he had a tree in his yard and, he, and it was growing kind of sideways. And he didn't fix it right away. He's like, I'll get to it. And he didn't. And years went by and pretty soon he realized, oh my gosh, the only way I'm going to be able to straighten this tree out now is major surgery. And he did. He was able to get the tree straightened back out, but it took way more effort, way more time. Left
0: a big scar on the tree, and and
1: and, and that's the the point. Is trees are much easier to correct when they're a sapling. Yeah, it's just
0: like push it over. Oh, it's straightened.
1: It's much harder when it gets bigger, and by the time you know when it's full grown, it's all all but impossible to to correct a tree. Well, kids are no different. Where it's so much easier and better and more efficient and less painful. To correct when they're young
0: it's easier for them and it's easier for yeah. you
1: so it, and that's the thing you know bad habits uh once they're ingrained they they get harder to break you know S- you, what?
0: S- yeah so it, this this lie of oh let it um let it rise. Uh, yeah let it ride let they're it just kids and it's it's going to cause trouble for you and your child and it's going to be a lot harder for you it would have been so easy to to just say no or, or do this instead mm-hmm. correct it Right away.
1: Yep. So, like you know, things like uh, uh, nail biting or swearing or name calling or complaining or rudeness. All those could easily be nipped in the bud. And there's actually a reason why we call it nipping in the bud. It's because you cut it off. You stop it before it grows into something bigger, before it turns into a, a branch or, or, you know, something bigger. That's, the, that's what the term nip it in the bud comes from, is to stop it while it's still young and very easy. So... And I guess so that'll kind of lead into the, the last little section I wanted to talk about, Hannah. And you've found these are, are some good solutions. How how to go about uh, implementing these when the kids are young? What are, what are some resources that we've discovered? Because we've talked, Hannah, we've talked about, uh, you know, we, we've gone over uh, th- this amazingly awful book that someone gave you. We talked about, you know, okay, well, Someday we'll have good manners. Well, when do you draw that line? When is that someday? We talked about that. That someday is today. And then we talked about, you know, let kids be kids and that new trend and how that's a bunch of nonsense. And, but why it may be appealing to parents because it's easier, quite frankly. And then we talked about the reality of, well, if you adopt that mentality, if you adopt the idea of, well, just let it go, let kids be kids, that there's going to be some real negative things that come out of that. Um, and then we gave some examples of, of friends that we had where they they bucked the trend and they said, you know what, I'm going to teach my kids when they're young and it was glorious and wonderful. And then we also had the one friend who learned really quickly with his first child, oh yeah, don't just let it go because it <laughs> it's a lot of work to try to correct. Why not just fix it when it's right when you first notice it? And so now uh, I wanted to kind of talk about just to wrap this up, some resources, Hannah, that you've, you've discovered, and I think these are great.
0: <clears throat> well, a couple of resources for teaching good manners. Um, I really love the Help Me Be Good series. It's a whole series of books uh, for kids teaching basic social skills of how to treat they're, treat others well. At least
1: Is it still in print? Because um, it, it's I, so good.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe so. Just, and and they're these
1: little picture books, like like kids' books.
0: Yes, but it's good for the parents as well because uh, no, it helps you. No, no, you... Hannah. They do
1: a really good job defining what it means to whine. What it means to fight, what it means to overdo, like overdoing it, like they're they're really good or
0: bullying. They're really good. I'm very impressed. Yes. So those I really appreciated that series of books. And then for kids who are older, I really enjoyed um, on Udemy.com. It's u d e m y ycom The British Etiquette series was very good i think it costs about a hundred dollars but i thought that was very well done the only problem with it is whoever mixed the music on it the music um, is a little loud and so the teacher is soft-spoken and so that's the my only complaint about it is that uh the music was a little too loud it's
1: really good content
0: the content is is fantastic and for only a hundred bucks Yes, and so... So you can get, teach
1: your kids etiquette for only a 100 yes. bucks.
0: and it's actually hard to find these resources. Mm. If you have a local Cotillion class, that is a fantastic thing. I have been
1: really impressed by every time I, I, I see someone who's learned Cotillion or been to Cotillion, where I'm like, they just, they hold themselves so well that they're... they're, they're it's like Prince well, and Princess Well, trying. and
0: they're able to practice it. Mm. They're able to...
1: Social Not grace. only learn
0: about it, but but uh, ha- put it into practice, and also have the peers around them learning the same thing to reinforce it. So that's great. There are also finishing schools and summer camps you can send your your kids to if you Google that. There, that's another resource. But then, of course, as we talked about, nurturing friendships of other kids who their parents are trying to teach them good manners and they understand the importance of it, that is key because your kids will want to copy their friends.
1: Positive peer pressure. Yes,
0: so you wanna go for the positive peer pressure. Also, there is a divide in adults, some saying kids shouldn't work and shouldn't be expected to do these things, and others go, no, they should, and and it's good for them. You wanna pick teachers and um, coaches and instructors who understand this. Because, for example, one time I put my kids in a class where I really liked the instructors, but they let the kids, uh, like, personally, I liked them. But the problem was, is with little kids, they had this idea of, oh, just, just let them do whatever. And they're just kids. And so the class was a mess. All, the kids were, like, jumping off the walls. They were being just completely obnoxious. And there was no, like, discipline in the class at all. I had to stop. Even though the person was a good teacher, not a lot of teaching could happen because the class was so obnoxious. Chaotic. And chaotic. But The kids um, just
1: needed a little bit of
0: discipline. Yes, but I'm like, I can't continue to put my kids there because they're going to start copying these other kids. And so you want to find instructors and teachers who understand manners and and discipline.
1: Now, I want to point out that... You may, as a mom or a dad, you may think, I'm quashing my kid. I'm, 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 I'm bringing them down. I'm, I'm, I'm reining them in. I'm, I'm, I'm quelling their creativity or whatever. In reality, not only is it healthy for the kid, but the kid likes it. Mm-hmm. I can remember when I was in third grade and my parents had gotten divorced and it was all sorts of craziness going on in my life. And I was a little wild and I knew it. And I hated it, but I didn't know what to do. And I was acting out and I knew I was acting out. And I had a teacher, my third grade teacher, Mrs. Orndoff, who recognized that and implemented very strict rules of behavior that she expected in her classroom and rewarded you when you, when you abided by the rules. And there was, um, there was no reward if you didn't. And she was so strict, but she was so kind mm-hmm. and so classy. And I thrived under her tutelage because of that. Where otherwise I would have been boun- like you said, Hannah, bouncing out the walls, climbing the curtains, all that. But because I had that structure and those expectations placed on me, I rose to the challenge. Kids want that. They need that. They crave that. Don't think you're doing them a disservice by by implementing discipline and and expecting them to have good manners and good behavior. That is Uh, Another one of those falsehoods where...
0: You know, that's funny because our math tutor right now is very strict. Mm -hmm. She's very strict, but kind. Mm -hmm. And she has high expectations for the kids. My kids, most of them will tell you that their favorite subject is math. (laughs) Particularly the one who had actually had the worst manners and the worst behavior was the one who appreciated the teacher the most. So it's the opposite of what, what you would think. Now she was kind but firm. Yep. Like she wouldn't go, "Oh, your behavior was okay." And she's like, "Nope. You you your behavior was not acceptable today. No, you don't get this reward or no, I'm not going to mark your behavior report as yes." But but she was firm and, and they actually thrive under that. Um so there there are books and there are courses your kids can take. There are summer courses. And then there's picking out the friends. And then there's picking coaches and teachers who teach good sportsmanship, good manners, and value that. And, and understand that, n- no, the kids should be learning now. Mm-hmm. Not, oh, it'll happen someday later. You don't want teachers like that. And then finally, it's your own example. Like looking at... Because I noticed that I was telling my kids to be polite and to be patient and not to yell at somebody and not to give a rude retort. Yet I was doing that all the time. Mm. And so then I was like, wait a minute. I've got to improve my own, my own manners, you know. I, or I'd be like, okay, you need to sit like a lady. Oh, you need to do your hair. And I realized I'm not doing my hair. I'm not dressing, you know, dignified, or I'm not carrying myself in this way, or I'm not using the That's manners that I expect my mm. kids to use. And so I realized I actually needed to learn more about manners myself and start trying to to do that myself, and, which was not easy because I have a lot of bad habits, like my table manners, for example, are maybe not the best. But if I want my kids to learn these things, I have to learn them because I can't teach what i don't know and i can't you know i i need to put forth the effort to set the example of 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 being gracious and considerate and and whatnot exactly so anyway so those are the ways you can what cultivate
1: resources yeah Yeah. that you have at your disposal Uh,
0: ways you those are ways you can cultivate good manners and uh and those are the resources that i know of
1: and that's all that we have to say today about this very topic. If you like what you hear in this podcast, please tell your friends. They may want to listen, too. We may answer a question that they currently are struggling with. And if you have a suggestion for a future podcast, go to our website under support and click contact us. Send us an email and we'll get right on it. And that's it for today. Enjoy, once again, our mystery guest composition. We'll see you next time.
0: Talking about now?
1: talk about what? Cash. Cash. Money. Money. I like
0: money. It's time for you.
1: Oh, dear. I'm so excited.
0: Money pants.
1: give me some money Money pants.
0: yeah, money pants. I
1: want a money pants.
0: Every day. All I want is more money pants. Me, too. Money pants.
1: You